Welcome to the LBC Sermon Podcast. This podcast is recorded live at Love Beyond Church in Harveston, Johannesburg, every Sunday at 9am, and may include the sounds of God's creation and our scenic environment. Join us as we press into the heart of God and His will for our lives. Welcome. taking us deep. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that as your word goes, gets ministered this morning, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've already prepared the hearts of each and every person that you are this morning. We thank you, Father God, that we can press in, knowing that you've prepared the soil, Father. Father, I just pray, Father, for expectant hearts. I pray, Father, that each and every person that's here this morning will hear the voice within the voice. I thank you, Father God, they will not look at man. They will not look at me. They will not look at Pastor Andre or any of the team. They will look only at you, Father. So, Father, this morning we take our eyes off our circumstances. We take our eyes off everything and we bring them and focus on you, Father. So, Father, I just thank you this morning and every life that is here this morning will be touched They'll be transformed, they'll be reformed, and they will be restored in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, um, for those of you that weren't here last week, we started with the first part of this message, which was from Matthew 6, 33. We just put it up on the screen. This is kind of the foundational scripture. And um, he was here last week. Most of you were here last week. It wasn't an easy message. It was actually a very challenging message. It was seek first, and most importantly, seek, aim, and strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God. So basically, what we focused on last week is what does it mean to seek first his kingdom? And put him first in our lives, which is a very challenging message in itself, to put him first. And the Lord showed me that while we brought this message at the beginning of the year, that this is a key, it's a foundational key. You know, the Lord says, I give you a key to a door. What do you have to do in the natural? You have to take that key to the door, don't you? You have to stick that key in the lock, key lock, and you have to turn that key, right? Once you've turned the key, the door will be open. Then what do you got to do? You've got to open the door. Amen. Then what have you got to do? You've got to walk through the door. That's right. Right. It's a spiritual principle. So God is saying, I'm giving you the key. Seek first my kingdom in every area of my life, and all these things will be added. But this is the part we often don't like to hear. And what's that? If we have a part to play in this. You know, we sometimes have this mindset. It's almost like God is a slot machine. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> oh, whilst the other side is, oh no, I don't know, I didn't get anything. You know, 
Anyway, God says there's a part that we have to play. But the key here is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and his, and all these things will be added. So the message today is what are all these things that will be added? And you know, our natural default as human beings when we think of all these things being added is we think financial. Alright? Yeah. Why am I missing it here? We kind of go, all these things, it's material, it's physical, it's financial. Now yes, yes, don't get me wrong. When God is talking about adding all these things, He does say He will take care of our physical needs. Amen. You know, God promises to provide that we, that what we need. He tells us that. If we don't read, and I'm not going to go to every scripture, but if you go to Philippians 4 verse 19, God says what in Philippians 4 verse 19? Let's go there. Those of you who've got your Bibles here, that would be great if you go there. But let's just go there to Philippians 4 verse 19. And it says this, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Of whose, whose riches? According to whose riches? His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So God says he will provide what we need. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. The word of God tells us that he will liberally supply every need. He created the universe and he gives food to every living thing. I mean, the word of God tells us in Matthew 6, he says, what, look at the birds. Look at them. Do they worry about what they're going to eat? I mean, birds can talk. They'll say, listen, no, what are you guys running around like worrying about what you're going to eat? We provide what you get. God provides what I need. I mean, you don't see birds all lying there dying. Well, as I can see, they're all flying around, quite happy. Amen. Why? Why are they doing that? Because God liberally provides their every, their every need. So when God provides food to every living thing, that includes, I get a revelation of this. But this includes you and me. That's a powerful revelation. And it's found so simple. But it's something we need to get a revelation on. That God will supply our needs. He will supply what we need. So the same God who provides food for the animals will not allow us to go without. The word of God tells us you will not see the righteousness forsaken. The righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. You know, we've got to get this into our heads. We've got to believe and understand that God is not only able, but He's willing. Some of us know God is able, but we refuse to believe that He's willing to do what needs to be done in our lives. We need to catch on to this church. You see, not only does the, not only does the Bible promise, promise this, we see examples in Scripture as well. I mean, the heartbeat of Jesus is to provide. I mean, there was Jesus preaching to the 5,000. And he didn't go at the end of the day, I cannot, I've been preaching, I'm hungry, I'm going home. Don't worry about them. Did he do that? What did he do? He said to his disciples, come here. 
we need to feed the needy. Yeah. And they said, well, well, you know how many people there are? It's going to like take a whole year's wages just to feed them. And Jesus said, well, what have we got? And it was the five loaves and the two fish. And what happened? They fed more than 5,000 people. That's in Mark 6, 1 to 14. You see, what I'm trying to show you here is that the heartbeat of our Father is to provide our every need. That's who He is. He is the God who provides. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, and their eyes were open to their nakedness, what did they do? I mean, they rushed off, Whoa, like God didn't know. Hid in the garden somewhere, like God didn't know. Took some leaves, covered their nakedness. I mean, I don't know about you, that sounds like a lot of people. You know, we, we try to hide our sin from God, and God says, well, I don't know. Why do you just bring it to me? I still love you. I'm still going to take care of you. Amen. Just bring it to me. Let me deal with it. The key is we have to bring it to him. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. So Adam and Eve sinned, and their eyes were open to their nakedness. But you know, God is such a gracious God. You know what he did? He didn't leave them wearing fig leaves. He didn't leave them wearing fig leaves. He actually provided clothes for them. Go read it. In, go read it in Genesis 9 verse 3. He actually said, yeah. And he gave them skins of it to cover themselves. And I mean, that's who God is. Even when we mess up church, God still provides. I want you to get an understanding of this. Even when we mess up, God still provides. We need to kill that holy, that doctrine that people have been ministering. God is not requiring us to be perfect, church. He's requiring us to be perfect in Christ. Yeah. And where we think this message is that we have to walk around in perfection. Do we honestly think our own works are going to make God respond? That's not our works. It's by His grace. You know what our work is? Our work is to believe in the finished work of the cross. things will be added. He gives us rest. Hallelujah. So these are the one. So the I'm going to look at nine ways God provides for His children. The first is He takes care of our physical needs, which I've discussed. The second point is He gives us rest. Man, I don't know about you, but I want to. I want God's peace in my life. I want God's rest. Man, I don't know about you, but I remember without Jesus, I was so restless. I mean, things were just chasing me all the time, you know. I could never just rest. I could never just rest. And God says, I promise to give you rest. Go and read Matthew 11, 29 to 30. And Psalm 23, verse 2. In fact, let's go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Psalm 23, verse 2 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet 
towards us. He goes on to say, he refreshes my soul. He refreshes my soul. You see, we experience this rest, which is, you can't put a price on it. You cannot put a monetary value on the rest. Because I can tell you, I suppose everybody here knows what it's like to be restless. Everybody here knows what it's like to be tormented. Lying there, tossing and turning. Not having that rest. And God says, seek first my kingdom and I'll give you my rest. And this is a tough one, man. Because this rest comes from what? It comes from us giving up control of our lives and following Jesus. Man, consecration, surrender to God. Surrender. Saying, Lord Jesus, I will surrender. And wherever you take me, wherever that path leads, I'm going on it. But you, you know. I mean, some of us have this thing like, I don't know about you. I used to be like a... I used to put something into my into my navigation system. And I used to think I know better. So why am I putting it into my navigation system? And then I want to take the, my own road. Thinking, no one gave me an understanding of it one day. He said, that's just like you. You come to me, you pray, you you you, you speak, declare my word, and then you want to go on your own journey. Come on. I don't know about, think about going on a long car trip. Who's been on a long car trip here? When you think about how different the experience is when you are the passenger instead of the driver. Just think. Just think. Just think about this, guys. I mean, yeah, well, so there's two parts to this. (laughs) As a a driver, you never really rest. Well, you shouldn't. What I suggest is get a revelation. Don't have a cat nap while you're driving. That's actually quite fatal. But anyway, so let's just say you stay awake, vigilant, you know, you stop here, you're But you can't just rest. You can't just take a break. Because why? You having to take control and drive that vehicle. You see, the passenger, theoretically, experiences the rest. The driver does not. Now, if you're my wife, you don't really experience the rest. Well, the man, he breaks a lot when I'm driving. You know what it's like, Shannon? That's great. We know. Sisters in Christ know this. But the point is, you know, we've got to understand that if we're going to let God be in control and drive the vehicle of our lives, We've got to let go, man. Yeah. You, know, you know, the story, and I've done it so many times. Oh, Lord, just give me the steering wheel, man. I'm trying to grab the steering wheel. And I'm like, listen, this is going to cause an accident. Oh, that's a, that's a bit of a revelation. It does. Because every time I've tried to take control of the situation and control of the vehicle, I mess up. And why do I mess up? Because I'm not putting God first. I'm not letting Him be in control. I'm not resting in Him. So God not only promises rest, but Yaziki, He commands it as well. 
Exodus 20, verse 8 to 11. Go and read Exodus 28 to 11. But how comforting is it? And you should be comforted by this. Is that our God provides the rest. He provides the rest that He expects from us. That rest. The third one I want to deal with is that, praise God, He provides direction. And you know, it's, it's a totally different scenario when you allow God to direct our lives and we try and direct our lives ourselves. That's the key here. Are we going to let God and direct our lives and are we going to follow His direction? See, God guides and directs our steps. And why does He do that? He does that so we can fulfill His great purpose for us. Who wants to fulfill God's great purpose for their lives? Who wants that for their lives? We've got to let Him direct us. We've got to let Him direct us. You see, many times, and this has happened in my life so many times, we kind of see His direction in hindsight. And I, I won many prizes in this, so this is not this message is almost for me because I've had to learn these things in terms of working with, with God and having experienced these things in my life. You know, we think we know the best way to do something. You know, we really do. We think we've got it all under control. We think we've got to tell God how to do X, Y, and Z. Why don't we just go to the manual of life? If we're having a situation or a crisis in every area, God's direction is here. Pray, seek His wisdom, seek His direction, and He will direct you. He will direct you. And when we understand that God has positioned us, even when we go through bumps, and you see, I don't know why, we've kind of had the situation believed that Life is just going to be smooth sailing. I mean, God never promised us smooth sailing. He didn't, but He said, I'll be with you. Through all of that turmoil, through all that chaos, I'll be with you. Because I work all things to the good. And even in those bumps, those challenges that we go through, when we look back, we realize that God positioned us one church. He positioned us through these bumps to experience, to experience something far greater than we could ever have imagined. Far greater than we could ever imagine. Go read Ephesians 2 verse 10. Let go. And let God. Now this is the thing. It's not a key. It's not a cop-out. It's not a cop-out. You see, and sometimes we use this as our cop-out. Grace is not a cop-out. Letting God, giving God the, the number one spot in your life is not a cop-out. We still have to do what we have to do. We still have to be obedient and to follow the instructions in His Word. 
The first one, thank you, Jesus. He gives us grace. Oh, Lord, we thank you for that. See, God gives us a grace. Can I hear an amen? Amen. God gives us a grace that we need to get through any situation. Go and read 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. See, God's grace, which is, is His undeserved favor, is what allows us to forgive someone who has wronged us. <laughs> Man, I don't know about you, but that is something that you can, one can struggle with. You know, we've all been hurt by people. Who hasn't been hurt by someone in this room? <laughs> I'm sure we all have. We've all been betrayed. We've all experienced a lot of that stuff. But God says, I give you the I give you the grace to forgive. And the Lord is saying to me this morning, there's some people that need to forgive. You need to forgive. If you want to move forward with God, you need to forgive. Because I understand this, unforgiveness hinders you. It's a, it's, it's a roadblock. It's a spiritual roadblock. It's a spiritual roadblock. Because the crazy thing is, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. We've got to forgive. Whoever it is, the grace of God allows us to forgive. The grace of God allows us to put our spouse first. To serve our families. And he has a strong one. To forgive ourselves. You know, many of us battle with, with actually forgiving ourselves. In fact, we even easy, can forgive other people easier than we can forgive ourselves. That's something I have to deal with. Forgiving myself. God's grace God's grace you know God's grace is this sometimes we think it's a high big super spiritual thing but you know what God's grace is just giving us enough strength sometimes to get through the day just to get through the day now when we're dealing with stuff God says, take it day by day. Because why? Because my mercies, my mercies are new every morning. For a reason. God is not a God who walks around looking in the rearview mirror like we do. Now, I don't know how we expect to go forward when we like, I mean, our car's only got a very small rearview mirror. Why? Because we're not meant to drive looking backwards. We're meant to drive looking out of the windshield, not in the rearview mirror. But yeah, it's the good news, church. Who wants good news? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's grace cannot be earned. It's a gift. And He freely gives this to us based on our specific need. We've just got to allow His grace to flow and operate in our lives. So, Father God, we thank you for your grace. Point five.
He shows us how to escape temptation. Thank you, Jesus, for that. You see, God always provides a way when we face temptation. And believe me, temptations do come, and they will come, and they continuously come. The Word of God tells you to think, careful you think you stand lest you fall. We can see that there's been a lot of shaking happening in the body of Christ, and a lot of things that have been revealed at the moment. And I really believe this is what happens when people think of themselves more highly than they ought to. God says, humble yourself and I will exalt you. I mean, Jesus, think about this. Jesus received the Holy Spirit. Okay? And then what happened to him straight after that? He went into the desert and he was tempted by Satan. Satan's temptation of Jesus in the desert was relentless. But God provides a way to defeat any temptation that comes our way. He provides a way. And what's that way? That way is declaring the word of God over every situation you might face. Because that's what Jesus did. The devil said this. He said, no, 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 it is written. He said, no, 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 it is written. No, 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 it is written. So when the enemy comes and tells you, hey, hey, no, 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 you're never going to get through this. What do you say? You say, hey, devil, you're a liar. You're defeated. The word of God says, and you give the word of God. Or, I'm not going to be able to have enough money. No, no, no. The word of God says that he will liberally supply my every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Or, I'm feeling sick. No, 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 devil. By his stripes we were healed. We don't have to tolerate the devil in our lives. We've got to stop tolerating the devil in our lives. We're not fighting for victory, church. We're fighting from victory. Amen. Jesus already paid the price at Calvary. He paid the price. He redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. Let's get it. He says, I've given you all authority. All authority. Some? No. All authority. To trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome the power of the enemy. You see, God will give us the resources we need to overcome those trials, which include His Word and His Spirit. When we are prepared, God's promises will always be able to, we will always be able, when we are prepared, you put it this way, when we are prepared, we will always be able to escape the temptations the devil puts in our way. You see, we can't wait for a trial to come to understand. That's why in this in at Love Beyond Church we push. Get, read your Bible. Read the Word of God. Because you cannot run around looking for the Word of God when you're in a situation. You should know the Word of God in that situation. You know, I really believe there's going to come a time when you will not maybe be able to carry a Bible. Then what? It happens in a lot of countries. Then what? Let's say all social media was shut down. All YouTube was shut down. <laughs> you know? You couldn't go into your, Bible, your phone and get the U version of the Bible. Then what? Church, we need to know the Word of God. 
study the Word of God. And He tells us to study to show ourselves approved. So when we are prepared, when we have the Word and His Spirit in us, we are able to escape the temptations the devil puts in our path. Amen. Six. Is this blessing you? Amen. He helps us when we're hurting. Come on, church. He helps us when we're hurting. See, God promises to help us when we're hurting. Read Psalm 34, 17 to 20. When life is hard, oh, come on, church, let's be real. Sometimes life is hard. Sometimes the pain feels too much to bear. You know, in those situations, we don't need to hide from God. That's my prayer. Lord, open the eyes. Open the eyes. That we don't want to hide from God. You see, He is our refuge and our strength. Our ever-present help in times of trouble. I'm going to say that again. He's our refuge. He is our strength. He is our ever-present help in times of trouble. Church, He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He won't. He won't. He won't. And that's a lie that the enemy wants us to buy into. He wants us to become isolated. He wants to cut ourselves off from, from fellow believers. He wants to cut us off from people who can speak into our lives when we're going through stuff. He makes us become isolated from Him and from others that can speak into our lives. We need to come against that in Jesus' name. Seven. He saved us for relationship. Come on, church, isn't that exciting? He wants to have a relationship with you. When you look at the cross, it's like this, isn't it? God says, you know, get this relationship right and this relationship with you. We need to seek Him first in our relationships, but first of all, we need to seek Him first. We need to have a relationship with God, but Jesus paid the price for that. I mean, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, at that point we were forever separated from God. Imagine being separated from God. But God's love, His grace. He sent his only son to pay the penalty for our sin. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we're going to pray for you. Because I can tell you that's 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 the turning point. If nothing else, that is what he that's what he paid the price for. That's the restorative power of God. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Jesus paid the debt. We need to get an understanding of that. He paid the debt that we could never, ever, ever, ever work off. We could never work it off. So when we believe in Jesus, we're able to experience a personal relationship with God. And there's nothing more precious than that. Nothing more important than that. You know, they can shut down a church. They can do whatever they like. But they can never stop us having a personal relationship with the living God. <laughs> 
Never, never, never. Thank you, Jesus. And no one else can have your relationship with God other than you. So praise God that we are no longer separated due to our sin. He's reconciled us to Him. And we are able to have that precious relationship. And there's nothing better than that. I mean, think about that. What Adam had with God when he walked through the Garden of Eden, cool night, there he was, talking to God, fellowshipping with God. God is saying, I died so you can have that. You can have that. And we need to get an understanding of that. We need to go back to that where we seek a relationship with Him more than we seek anything else. We cannot live our Christian walk based on anybody else's revelation. Point eight. He gives us peace. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He gives us peace. See, God provides us, and this is a key thing, no matter what's happening, no matter what's happening in our lives, Whatever we're going through, God says this, I will, I will give you the ability to have peace in any situation. You know what that is in Philippians 4, 7, it says the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will garrison your heart. <coughs> it's just that amazing peace that you have when you know your Lord and Savior. I mean, you can't even explain it. It's just comes in like a flood where you should be like falling apart you know you have the peace of God because you know who your God is yeah. you know that he will supply you every need you know that he won't leave you or forsake you you know I remember when I was hijacked what was it I suppose it was a hijacking attempted hijacking I was, I was coming actually at the time it was a long time ago but I was coming back home pulled into the driveway and these people jumped out of the car, three of them, they came in a, it was a to Taz, and their faces were painted white. They jumped out of the car, grabbed me, because we had wooden gates, and I was opening the wooden gates. They weren't electronic. And the next minute, the guy stuck a nine mil in my mouth. <coughs> you can't really say much when you've got a nine mil in your mouth. Other than me, 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 me. But just the thing. I just, I just thought it was praying in the spirit. And eventually it was just, I just said, Jesus. But two things came through, came through my mind at that time. One was I'm well insured. <laughs> That's okay, well, I'll be honest, that came through my mind. <coughs> and I know where I'm going. And then the most amazing thing happened. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding just flooded me. You know, I didn't care if I got a shot or lift them out. It was like just I had peace. I had absolute peace. And then the, the craziest thing happened. These guys suddenly, their eyes went like this. Jumped up all and they started speaking. And they started running off in different directions. And I'm telling you to this day, I didn't see it, but I believe that the angel of God was behind them. And they got the fright of their lives because they saw the angel. 
And they ran. I saw an angel. It was my protection. Well, God was my protector, but he sent an angel. But the point is that God gives us peace in every situation, regardless of what we're going through. He guards our hearts and our minds. And he leads us into paths of righteousness. Like I read from Psalm 23, verse 3. Paths of righteousness. And you know the key here is he leads us. When we align to, he leads us into paths of righteousness. He gives us confidence. You know the boldness, the confidence of God that comes through knowing him. Man, you don't have to worry about anyone, any situation. You've got God. It gives you that. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm not talking about being unkind to people, but it gives you a boldness. You know, like you say, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Well, I'll tell you who my daddy is. Amen. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. There's none like him. Amen. Don't tell me how much money your father's got. My father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. You know what I mean? My father's bank account is unlimited. Unlimited. You see, he gives us confidence when we are uncertain. And very often we are uncertain. And he satisfies our longing souls. You know, nothing will ever satisfy us other than Jesus. Other than Jesus. We can, we can, you know, it's like people try and, we've got a hole over here. And people try and fill it with other stuff. They try and put a square peg into a round hole. There's only one thing that will actually give us the peace of God. And that is Jesus. He satisfies our longing souls. And the last point I want to come to before, where you feel led by the Spirit of God, that I'd like to pray for some people this morning. We pray for some people this morning. So Scotty and everyone's going to be helping. Thanks, my brother. The last point. He points us to the truth. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I don't know if you've, this is a saying in the world, but in this day and age, it feels as if you can't trust anyone. I mean, you know, some people open their mouths and they move their lips in their life. I mean, it's the truth. You know, <laughs> but people don't get, lying has become such an ingrained part of our society. You know, just don't show. See, we have an from our donkey, don't show. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You see, lies and lies of omission are part of everyday life. See, what people don't understand, a half-truth is not the truth. A partial truth is not the truth. You know, and we, we call to a higher standard, brothers and sisters. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that when we speak, we'll speak the truth. According to your word. We'll be men and women of integrity. Doers of your word. Our yes will be our yes and our no will be our no. See, God gives us a way to know the truth. He gives us his word. 
The Bible is where we turn to to know what's true and what's not. Want to know what's true and what's not true? Go to the Word of God. Don't go to the opinion of a man. Go to the Word of God. This is what we need to turn to, brothers and sisters, in every situation. I'll give you two scriptures. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 Psalm 119 verse 105 In closing God promises to provide us encouragement to meet our every need God promises and we can take that to the bank you see, we need to get a revelation and understanding that God is not a man that he should lie God doesn't lie God doesn't lie. He watches over his word to perform. God doesn't lie. So no matter what trial or test you might be facing, that might be coming your way, what do we know? We know that God has already provided us for us, rather, both spiritually and physically. God tells us in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, he says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for what? Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans of a hope and a future. You see, if church, I declare this morning that God is in your future and it is good. God is in your future and it is good. Receive that. You see, we can rest assured that when we walk through tough times, church, everything, just get the revelation on this this morning, that when we walk through tough times, God is walking with us and providing for us all along the way. Church, God is in your corner. God has got your back. He'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is who his word says he is. He's not a man that he should lie. And I can tell you right now that with God, our future is secure. So no matter what this world is throwing at us, please spend less time meditating on the news. Spend more time meditating on the word. Because I can tell you, when we meditate on the world stuff, we start believing what the world stuff says. And the truth is not what we see. The truth is what the Word of God says about our situation. So we thank God for that. So Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, this morning that you have prepared the hearts of each and every person that was here this morning. I thank you, Father God, that your precious Spirit is the after-speaker. Holy Spirit, seal this word in the hearts. We thank you, Father God, this will not be a case where the birds come and steal the word, where the cares of the world steal this word. I thank you, Father God, that this word, this word will take root and will bear much fruit in each and every life. In Jesus' name.